You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, this is Dr. Ann Goldberg, president of the National Lipid Association, and I'd like to welcome you to Lipid Luminations, hosted by Dr. Larry Kaskill, presented by the National Lipid Association. Statins have revolutionized clinical cardiology. This family of drugs is generally well-tolerated, easy to administer, and has very good patient acceptance. However, the potential for adverse effects still exists. Today, we will explore the role of CoQ10 in statin intolerance. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Jisun Oh, who is integrally involved in lipid research with Dr. Robert Hegley, who she credits with great teaching and guidance. Dr. Oh is pursuing a career in endocrinology. Welcome to the show, Dr. Oh. Hi, uh, nice to meet you, Dr. Kaskill. I was wondering if you could kind of briefly explain the results of the paper you recently did and uh, what its clinical significance will be. So as you were just introducing, um, statins have, in effect, revolutionized clinical cardiology. They're generally uh, easy to take. You only take them once a day and generally very well tolerated. There is a very solid evidence base to uh, support a definite role for statins in terms of primary and secondary prevention of heart disease and uh, there are significant morbidity and mortality benefits. Unfortunately, however, these statins are associated with adverse effects as well. So there's some stomach uh, kind of digestive system complaints, rashes, dizziness, pruritus, so itchiness, headaches, and then there are the uh, well-publicized uh, skeletal muscle disorders. And these also range in severity from vague aches and pains to more severe effects. Basically, the study that uh, myself and Dr. Hegley did it was uh, studying CoQ10, so coenzyme Q10. It's basically a uh, lipid-soluble component of all cell membranes, and uh, these have, uh, over the last few years and previously, been hypothesized to play a role in statin intolerance. However, there is inconclusive evidence on uh, this, this role and whether it actually does play a role to date. Um, so our paper basically studied uh, the role of CoQ10 in statin intolerance. It's exciting that just last year, the first molecular cause of primary CoQ10 deficiency was identified, and that was basically a, um, a homozygous missense mutation in the CoQ10, sorry, the CoQ2 gene, which is part of the CoQ10 synthesis pathway. This caused an amino acid change and decreased levels of CoQ10. So basically, what we said, what we were wondering, our question was whether a uh, whether a genetic variation in CoQ2 was associated with uh, inter-individual variation in terms of statin intolerance. So we uh, sequenced um, a bunch of people who were at a lipid clinic who had statin intolerance and um, ran some genetic tests. And what basically we found that there were significant associations with statin intolerance. Um, with the people who were homozygotes for the rare alleles. And uh, so we, we found a significant association between having um, a genetic polymorphism and statin intolerance. So that was quite exciting for us, actually. It, it seems exciting because uh, it'll be a kind of nice thing to be able to test somebody before you put them on a drug and, and know if they'll develop a side effect. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of revolutionary for treating patients in the future. Can you tell us a little bit about what CoQ10 is, um, what it's also called, and how it works, and and uh, you know maybe how much we should be taking if uh, we're on a statin? Because I think a lot of docs out there know about it, but they don't really know what it is and how much they should be giving their patients. 
At this time, I just wanted to stress that routine CoQ10, uh, so, so supplementation with CoQ10 routinely for people on statins is not recommended. Um, I mean, there's really no known uh, major side effects or adverse reactions to, to taking um, CoQ10 supplements. However, there is a cost associated with it, and there's no good evidence to date right now that actually says taking CoQ10 is going to reduce the uh, is going to reduce the incidence of statin intolerance in patients. I think in in general care, though, we we kind of wait for them to to have their myalgias, and, and and then if that happens and they need to stay on the statin, then we would try the CoQ10. I, I usually don't routinely prescribe the CoQ10, so I understand your your uh, recommendations. Um, but let's say we're going to start a dose of CoQ10. What, what kind of doses did you use in your study? So what we were exploring, it was more the genetics behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether So CoQ2 being um, part of the CoQ10 synthesis pathway, so whether a uh, genetic polymorphism within the CoQ2 gene was associated with statin intolerance as reported by patients. However, um, our study in our study, we did not um, start patients on CoQ10. Okay. However, common doses that are used are basically multiples of 30 milligrams. So it would be 30 milligrams, uh, 60 milligrams. But in our study, we actually did not, um, you know, try uh, putting patients on CoQ10 per se. Dr. O, are you aware of any particular statins that are more susceptible to causing intolerance? Now, this is something that's uh, hard uh, to quantify. There's really no good evidence right now to say one statin is definitely causes more uh, side effects versus another. But it's interesting because in clinical practice, I think you run into patients who swear up and down that this statin worked for them, whereas another statin may not have worked so well, and they had um, really bad muscle aches on one, whereas another one they're absolutely fine on. So it's, it's interesting, and there seems that there is some... Uh, variation in terms of individuals' tolerance to statins. However, um, I mean, it's really hard to say. And in terms of like, sorry, in terms of uh, studies comparing the statins, it's just hard to comment because each study or many studies use different definitions in terms of what they define as statin intolerance. And then some studies report, say, indicators of a muscle damage, such as a creatinine kinase levels, whereas some don't. And then they're all studying different things. So there's really no solid hard evidence at this current time to say that one statin causes more side effects than other statins. If you've just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I'm talking today with Dr. Jisun Oh, researcher on genetic determinants of statin intolerance. Dr. O, what do you see in the future? Do you foresee um, genotyping people before starting them on statins? That's one of um, the great hopes of genetics, I think, in order to be able to uh, detect things before they happen and, you know, be able to stop adverse effects just in general. However, at this present time, not really, and that's just because we, even though there was an association found in our study, we haven't really been able to explain this definitively through a definite like molecular mechanism. So, so we don't have a definite molecular or pathophysiological mechanism to explain the results um, at this point. The studies all need to be replicated before we can, you know, generalize them more. And then uh, before any test becomes a clinical test that we'd actually standardize or use, 
there are, you know, many different criteria that the tests need to go through and many different tests, like, uh, sorry, further testing that each test needs to go through as well. So there's a lot of stages till um, we actually reach that stage, but at this current time, not yet. All right, so you're, you're setting the stage, but we're years away from this being an actual available test that's done routinely, it sounds like. I'm wondering what, um, let's say you find somebody with these mutations and they can't really uh, take the, uh, you know, what what can you do for these people besides giving them CoQ10 in terms of managing their, their side effects? Well, I, I think uh, rather than focusing on managing someone's side effects from uh, taking a statin, I think first and foremost, always in terms of managing someone's bad cholesterol levels or LDL levels, um, would be lifestyle interventions. So um, diet exercise, uh, seeing a dietitian, you know, a rigorous exercise programs, the cornerstone of uh, lipid, good lipid management. It's obvious that you're a researcher and not uh, out in the trenches <laughs> seeing patients who don't do any of that. But go no, ahead. No, no, and often, often it doesn't work. Most of the time it, you know, it's, it's it not going good. to achieve the full effect. And then there's other things that uh, I have seen being done in a clinic, for example, Sometimes we can try people on asking them to take a statin on alternating days right. instead of every day. And then uh, sometimes you can go with the older statins. Sometimes it seems that uh, there may be a decreased risk of side effects with the older statins. There's also more um, kind of alternative medications, not from the pharmaceutical industry per se. So garlic, flaxseed, gugulipid, uh, cholestin, those, I mean... N- no really great studies to date, but right now it does seem that uh, they may uh, be beneficial and uh, with not associated with the classical side effects that we associate with statin intolerance. And then there's less data, but uh, Ezetrol, there's another medication that um, is primarily used for LDL reduction, and it seems that there's a lesser degree of the muscle side effects associated with these. So there are some... Um, there are some other things that we can look at using um, in addition to, as opposed to statins as well, if there's a significant, um, if patients are experiencing significant or worrisome symptoms on a statin. Dr. O, um, are there any other hypothesized genetic mechanisms that you've found or you're thinking about behind statin intolerance? Well, in the literature to date, there have been reported, particularly within the last several years or so, um, so uh, mutations, or sorry, polymorphisms in uh, cytochrome P450, which are involved in the metabolism of various drugs, including statins, and uh, so CYP3A4, 2D6, 2C9, some of these uh, genetic polymorphisms have been reported. There's also various um, congenital muscle disorder types of uh, diseases, which uh, have also been reported. Um, so these have really long names, so I won't get into them. And then there's the uh, lamin. So, oh, and then there's still CoQ10, I guess. So there's there's a lot of uh, different ones, and um, I'm sure in the future there will be many more different ones that will be coming up and, you know, reported soon as well. Dr. O, I'm wondering how you actually became interested in this topic. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm right right now. I'm doing my internal medicine residency. So uh, after finishing medical school, we all do residency, and I've always been uh, somewhat interested in uh, just uh, metabolism and uh, hormones and endocrinology, and that's what I'm hoping to do my fellowship in starting next year. 
So uh, I was just, I, um, I mean, our, our program encourages research during our second year of residency. So I was looking for a project that I was interested in, and then I, uh, and then I met Dr. Hegley and was actually at w- working with him in one of his clinics uh, for a day or two. And then uh, basically we talked about um, some things, and a patient came in with statin intolerance per se, and so that was a topic of discussion, and then somehow uh, we talked and uh, we, we came up with this project, and uh, that's how I got involved in this project, and it's been very interesting for me. And, um, you know, it's something that I may, you know, do some more research in in the future. Well, I want to thank our guest, Dr. Jesson O. Oh. I'm Dr. Larry Casco. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Lipid Luminations, presented by the National Lipid Association. For more information, please visit www.lipid.org. ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals.